Christmas music fans, you love Christmas music. How many of you, you just really don't like Christmas music? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. All right. How many of you, you just really don't care? You're just like, whatever's on, I'll just, yeah, I'll tolerate it. Okay. Tom, good. Tom, you can be the ambassador for Christmas music, all right? And you can help mediate everything else. So how many of you like Christmas movies? How many like Christmas movies? All right, all right, almost all hands are up. I'm with you on that Christmas music. I'm like, Tom, I'm kind of just like, eh, if it's on, it's on. If it's not, I'm okay. But I love Christmas movies. And I love Christmas movies because in almost all Christmas movies, um, especially up until recent, thanks, Billy Bob, but uh, uh, like they're full of hope. There's a sense of hope and expectation in Christmas movies, that there's this redeeming quality in the story that as you look at Christmas movies, there is a character who against all odds or uh, past all things or as even as everybody maybe comes against them in some way, they know who they are, they know what their purpose is, they know what they're doing in life, they know how they're supposed to live their life, and so they stay focused on that goal. They have a sense of value of what their life is, and in that, they are used to help redeem a story, maybe an entire community or another person or their family, or in a lot of movies during Christmas time, there's something where a person, they don't have a sense of purpose. Their values are not defined, and so their life, you can see just chaos and see all kinds of things in their life and that as the story progresses they get an understanding of what their life is and what their purpose is and then the values of their life become clear to them and in that situation then there's a redeeming quality that comes about there's something that happens and so we see that in most Christmas stories and most Christmas movies I think it's appropriate for the season and there's reason for that but one of the things that I love that highlights in that is the individual knowing who they are and knowing the life that they're supposed to live. I, I love this story right here in The Grinch. It's one of my favorite Christmas movies. We watch it every year and Elf and a couple others. But I love this story because little Cindy Lou, she is living her life. And not only is she adorable, but she's the only one in this entire town that is questioning like, hey, this way we're living and the way we're functioning and the things that we do, it just doesn't seem right. And there's this genuineness about her. There's this sense of I, I think there's more to life, that there should be something else that we value than just things, that we should value each other and that there should be something more that we live for. And as she does that, she stays focused on it. Of course, the Grinch becomes a hero and becomes a part of the town and then they find all these new things. But what happens you see in the movie is, is that the who's that are in her village, they don't know what they're doing. They are just kind of running around in the chaos of Christmas, buying presents, doing all kinds of stuff, ignoring each other, fighting over different stuff and, and all of that. And we can see that in our lives. We see it in other Christmas movies and other movies and other situations. We see it in our neighbor's lives if you can't see it in yours, right? But so, you know, there's a sense we just see like, what are we doing? And why are we doing it? And, and it's, it's, it's one of those things that is important for us to identify. What are we doing in this life? What is it that we're called to do? And once we understand what it is we're supposed to do, then we figure out, why am I doing it? Why am I doing it, right? And so this story of the Grinch, it's an important one because it helps and shows, identifies uh, this little girl that helps a little town um, and that is fictional and it's Dr. Seuss and everything they do is rhyme, which that would be miserable to live in, wouldn't it? If you're just everywhere, everybody talked in rhymes, that would just, anyways. So in this story, she helps them to understand what they're supposed to value. And so 
I want to, over the next several weeks, we're going to take some time to walk through some core values for us as a church. What are the things that we want to identify us by? What are the things that we want to do? And it's important for us to know those core values. And in this story, we can see people living outside of what they're supposed to do or what's best for them because they don't know their why. They don't know their core value of what they're doing. They're not valuing the right things. And so instead of living the way they're supposed to, they're just kind of running around doing whatever seems right in the moment. And an organization, a church, a family can get into the same situation if you don't have a set of core values, if you don't have something that defines your life, that sets a structure for you to say, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to do what we're called to do, you can then allow emotion, or you can allow circumstances to dictate ways that you respond to things, what you say yes to, what you say no to, but when you have a set, defined list of core values in your own life or for us as a church, it helps us to stay focused on what it is God's called us to do. Having a sense of defined core values, it's essential to the strength of an organization. Because core values are something that are uncompromisable. They're something that's undebatable. They're the truths that drive and direct the behavior of an organization, the behavior of your family, of your own life. This is what I'm supposed to do so that whatever happens in life that you look and you say, no, this is what defines me. This is what is distinctive about me. This is what's unchangeable about us as a church. And it helps you stay focused on what you're supposed to do. It's important to have that list of core values. And so we're going to be through the month of January, all the way through the month of January, just talking about some core values that we want to define us and how we do church. Because our core values, not only should it be ones that kind of directs our behavior, but it should be something that motivates us. It motivates us and encourages us to say, I get to be a part of this. This is what we're doing. And it defines what we're a part of, which should give us a sense of excitement and motivation. Because our core values, they give us the how to our why. And as a follower of Christ, our why is, is that we're supposed to live our lives for the glory of God so that others can come to know him. That is our why. Each and every one of us, if you're wondering why you're on this planet, it's to live for the glory of God so that others can come to know Christ. That's what you're here for. Then how you live that life and what you do, it's shaped by that why. So your why and my why is exactly the same. How we do that as a church, because God's called us to be together as a church, has a lot of similarities. But in your life, there will be unique things that are unique to you, that are distinctive to who you are. You identify those. We identify them as a church. And the clearer they are, the more understanding we are on the what we're supposed to do. Does that make sense? And so that's why it's so important for us to know this and to see these things. And we're going to go into more of this next week. We don't have time this week um, because we're going to be ending service a little early tonight. We have uh, a part of an event called Community of Faith. And so we're going to be providing food and shelter for homeless tonight here um, at this campus in partnership with uh, the organization Community of Faith and Crosswalk Church. And so we're going to be doing that. So we've got to end a little quickly um, tonight. But next week we'll go into more. In Matthew chapter 6, you can even see Jesus. 
Jesus directing his disciples and trying to get them to understand these core values, these things. These are non-negotiables that should be present in your life because you need to be thinking, what is it that I'm doing that is bringing fruit for the kingdom of God through my life? And these things need to be present. These things need to be there. And if you step outside of them, you need to remember them and come back to them so that you can function in the what I've called you to do. Does that make sense? If you don't have it, by the way, I've never done this before, so I forgot about it. We have notes back there in the back. If somebody on SLT can hand those out or whatever else, if you want those, um, that's the last thing that um, I was supposed to do. But if you want notes, there's fill in the blanks. If that just makes you excited, then you can do that. Um, Crystal's got those. You can raise your hand and she'll give them to you. Um, if you don't care about it, that's fine. But I really encourage you to take these in, and I want them to motivate you personally in your own life if you don't have a set of core values in your life, if you don't have things that define you and who you are and what it is that you're called to do, how you live this life for God's glory. If you don't have those things, think about them, work them. There's things that I try to speak into my family's life and into my kids' life, and these are things that I want to speak into the life of the church, that I want us to say, this is what we're doing. This is what shapes us, so that way when other things come, we say, Jesus, and this is how we're going to do it, right? So here's the first one we're going to talk about tonight. This is the first one, is that... At this church, we want to encourage you. We want to be encouraged each individually. As a church, as a ministry, we want to be enthusiastic encouragers. We want to be enthusiastic encouragers. And here's what we mean by this, is that we want to be over the top excited about what God's called us to do and the life that he's called us to live together. We want to be excited about that, see the intention and the purpose that God has in each and every one of our unique lives and in the life of this church and say that God is in the midst and God has a purpose and a plan in us being here together. He has a purpose and a plan in your life and I can't wait to see what it is that he's going to do in that. I can't wait to see what he's going to do through your life in my life, what he's going to do in my life as we do life together. I can't wait to see that. I'm excited about it, and I'm excited about the things that God's doing. So in order for that to happen, we need to have enthusiasm for the mission of the church. We need to have enthusiasm for the mission of the church. What is it that God's called us to do? We're going to be talking about this over the next couple of weeks, but ultimately the mission of the church, us as an individual church, and globally the capital C church, the mission of the church is to be a beacon of light for God's glory. And we need to be excited for how God's called us to do that in our community and in the larger scale fitting into the large body of Christ, which is called the church. We need to be excited about that mission and pumped about it. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, this should get you excited, like get you pumped up. This is what we're talking about, enthusiasm. It's not just like, yeah, I go to that church or, yeah, I go to church. But it's like, I'm a part of what God is doing, right? There's an excitement. There's a passion. There's, there's a zeal to being a part of what God's working out. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus is saying, I will build my church. Jesus stepped out of heaven, put on skin and bone, ate fish and things for breakfast that he didn't probably want to eat, probably had so much better stuff in heaven, and he comes down so that he could what? He could open people's eyes to the fact that God wants to be with them, working through them, and that is called the church. That he came to build the 
church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That it will be victorious. That what Jesus set out to do is going to be accomplished. And it's going to be accomplished through your life and my life. That should get you pretty excited, right? Like, hey, I'm a part of what God's doing. Like, this, is, this is what it's saying. Is that Jesus is saying to us, hey, listen... Everything that I set out to do, I came to this planet and I'm coming again to take all the things that are wrong and make them right. I'm going to come back one day and I'm going to make them right and I'm wanting to do that in this life through you so that you and I can be together in all eternity. You're not excited about that. That's awesome. I mean, that's, that's the purpose of the church. That's, that's the, the hope of the church. Jesus came so that we could be with him in eternity. This should be the sense of excitement. It should be a sense of passion. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us. God is at work within each and every one of us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I love that, right? And we talk about that verse all the time, but then you go on to verse 21, and it says, glory to him in the church. One translation, or, or one commentary puts it this way, it should be, or it says, it should be this way, is it, it's glory to him by the church. That as the church is centered and unified around Christ, as we come together, recognizing what God's called us to do, that he's working things out. And through the church, through us being centered, unified around Christ, that he will do more than we could imagine in our lives. That it happens through the church. I've talked to so many people and it's like, I don't need the church. I got Jesus. Me and him are good. No, you don't understand. Jesus came to start the church, build the church, and we are the church and he's called us to work together to be unified around him so that each and every one of us can discover his purposes for our lives and for this church because he's working out to make all things right in this world again man that's awesome stuff so we should be enthusiastic about the mission of the church, that that's what he's called us to do. That's what we get an opportunity to do in this life, is be a part of the things that God has called us to do. And, and so that's the way we've got to be. We've got to be enthusiastic about the mission of the church. Secondly, we've got to be enthusiastic for the people of the church. So be an encourager of the church. I'm not saying you've got to walk around and close a blind eye and be like, "City life's awesome," <laughs> and you know, there's a, like, I'm like, we're a real church. You can be honest. You can have real conversations with us. You can talk to us. Like, we know where our warts are, right? Like, we're not ignorant to things, right? But at the same time, we can say that's the body called He's called me to be a part of. I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about the global church. I'm passionate about it. Too many times Christians go around and they bash the church. Hey, listen, there's things that are about the church that, yeah, there needs to get better, and there's some things that need to improve, and it's okay to notice those things and talk about those things. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, your heart for the church, your passion for the church should be centered in Christ, that he has started the church, that he's working through the church, and he's going to accomplish all he set out to do through the church. And so should be this enthusiasm, excitement for the church instead of bashing it, right? So we need to encourage, speak highly of the church and the things that God's doing, and we should encourage each other because we, people, individuals, are the church. So we need to encourage each other. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, 29, it says, no one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it. 
just as Christ cares for the church, Jesus cares for the church, we should care for the church. And not passively, but as you would care for yourself. As you would take care of yourself, you should take care of the church. Those that you're sitting in the pews next to. Those that you get to do life with. Those that you sit in the circles of life group together with. Those that you call in moments of despair. Those that you call friends and you call the family of Christ. You should encourage them. You should take care of them. You should build them up. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, Christ died for us so that whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. So, in most translations, it says, therefore. So, whenever you see that word, therefore, it's say, hey, this is what this statement is there for, right? You tracking with me? So, therefore, encourage each other and build each other up. Jesus came and died, and he came and died so that we can be with him for all of eternity. So... Therefore, encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. We should encourage each other. Hey, God is in control. He's working things out. He's going to take care of all things. I know things are difficult for you right now. But hey, hold your head up. You're a child of God. He loves you and he believes in you. He has a plan for you and he has a purpose for you. Let's hold your head up. And if anything, know that I'm here for you. This church is here for you. We're praying for you. You got a need? We want to meet your need. We want to bless you. We want to love you. We want to care for you. Amen, right? That's the way we should do it, right? We should encourage encourage each other. We should speak highly of each other. We should think positively of each other. We should be good about who it is that God's called us to do life with and be excited about it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Isn't that good stuff? Be thankful in all circumstances that you have been called that you've been placed into this body because God has a plan for you. There's something he wants to do in you and through you that is bigger than you can imagine. And he placed you in this church. He placed you as the church in this timeline, in this span of eternity so that you can not only know him, but so that you could show him in your unique way so that others can come to know his goodness and his faithfulness because God loves and God wants to involve and he is inviting all to come and know him. And he's doing that through us. And that should be exciting, right? We should be pumped and just passionate. Like, so when we come to church, I'm not going to go through the rest of my notes, so don't worry because I've got to end in five minutes, all right? This is the quickest I've ever preached. So I want to be encouraged after service. Some of you are like, Juice got done early last week. And I was just like, hey, it's all right. Some people have their gifts and brevity is not mine, so... It should be this thing. I want us to be excited. I want us to look at this. And, and, and so many times we can just look at church as something that is obligatory. That we can look at it as it's, it's a responsibility. And, and in that what happens is it becomes something that's optional. And, and what I want to hear you or I want you to hear tonight, what I need to hear, what I want to be encouraged in, what I'm trying to encourage you in is that church is not optional. Because God is working through the church, and it's not the building, it's not the service, it's you and I, shoulder to shoulder, face to face, doing life together. 
that's what the church is. And as we do that, as we come together into these moments of corporate worship and we lift the name of Christ, our eyes are turned to him. In these moments where we hear and we celebrate things that God is doing in each other's lives, that we see God's faithfulness, we're reminded of his goodness, and we look to him and we're encouraged in him as we encourage each other. That's what he's called us to do. And I want you to be enthusiastic. I'm not saying that you're not, but I'm saying that we all could be that much more enthusiastic. Right? We can be that much more positive about what God's called us to do. We can be passionate. We can be excited. Like opportunities like that we get tonight to take, take care of the homeless and to be a blessing to those in our community that have needs. There's some group of awesome people and we get a chance to love on them. Like those are moments that it's not just like, yeah, I guess we can do that. Like that's a moment where it literally fell into our lap. And I was just like, yes, Pastor Fred was like, yes, let's do this thing. We want to do whatever we can because those are God moments. You don't know what conversation conversation you're about to have with somebody that you could at least expect God to speak through. They're divine moments. They're things that God is doing. They're, God is at work in your life. Do you believe that? He's at work in your life that he's drawing you closer to him. He's wanting you to fully understand who he's called you and created you to be. And he's working that out as you get involved in the church, as you are a part of the church, as you step into relationships with the church, right? So we should be enthusiastic. Man, I'm, this thing, this thing he's called us to do, this, this place that we get to be a part of, this group that we get to be a part of, this family that God has gifted me with, it helps me to be more like Jesus. That's awesome. And the more I'm like Jesus, the more like, other, like Jesus other people get to become. And that's what I want to see in this world. I want to see hope. I want to see joy. I want to see passion. I want to see excitement. I want to see miracles happen. I want to see people walking around with boldness and confidence that God is active and involved in their lives, right? That happens by us being enthusiastic about the mission of the church and by encouraging each other. So I'm going to encourage you, right? To do everything you can. To speak positively in the church. If you've seen in your life, if you see patterns in your life where you're negative about the church, you're down on the church. It's easier for you to bash the church or question the church or if church seems optional to you. Where it's not something that's an invested part of your life. I, I want to encourage you to really just take some time to go through scripture. I really want you to, to take some time to pray. And I really want you to take some time to sit down with somebody that is invested in the church. It's me. If you want it to be, you can call me. We'll go get breakfast, coffee, do whatever you want to. I'm available. It's one of our governance team leaders. It's one of our campus directors team leaders. It's, it's taking time to say, hey, you seem to care about this place. Why do you care about it? And it seems like everywhere you go, one of the first things you do is you find a church. Why do you love the church so much? Talk to them. Allow them to speak into your life and open your eyes to the things that God wants to do in your life through the church. Right? Secondly, I want to encourage you in this. Be positive about the people that God has put in your life. Be positive about the people God has put in your life. God's not always going to put easy people in your life. He's not always going to put likable people in your life. Right? Just because it's not easy, just because they might not be the easiest to like, or just because it might not be the funnest thing to go through, God has put somebody in your life so that you can see a quality of who he is or see something in you that needs to be strengthened or let go of. That God is working in you through those that he puts into your life. Don't 
put people down or push people away by being negative towards them. Encourage them. Speak highly of them. I don't care how different they are than you. I don't care what their life looks like. I don't care any of that. God has put them in your life so that you can see something about him that you currently can't see. So that there's something in you that's keeping you from his best for you that you can let go of. God has a plan and a purpose for you. And as you begin to encourage people, speak highly of people, talk positively of people, God is going to begin to open your eyes to the things that he's doing. And you're going to see your life into that Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Fullness of this life beyond anything that you can imagine or even hope for. And it's because by him, through him, because of him in the church. Working through his Holy Spirit. The worship team is going to come up. And we're going to sing a song. I went one minute over, so that makes me feel a little bit better. They're going to sing a song, and we're going to take a chance just to worship and have our hearts and his minds just focused on him. As they sing the song, if you have kids down in Kid Life, um, if one of you can go and check them out um, here in a second, so that way we can get ready for community of faith downstairs, um, that would be awesome. But for each and every one of us, I, I, I pray and I hope that as we sing the song, that God just speaks to you a little bit. And that you just be amazed, that you just be sat back in a, in a sense of awe and wonder that God is working in your life. That, it, it, that God is so intentional that he knows who you need to be with and he knows where you need to be. He knows the gifts that you have and that how those gifts can impact somebody else's life. That God's working all of these things out and he knows these things. He knows where you are emotionally and he's putting people in your life to encourage you and strengthen you in those moments. That's how much he loves you. That's how faithful he is. That's how good he is. Can we in this moment just worship him and thank him for being a faithful, powerful, and wonderful God? And can our eyes be turned to heaven? And can we walk out of this place positive and excited and saying things might not be perfect, but God is in control. And I want to look to him, and I can't wait to see what tomorrow has. I can't wait to see who he's going to bring into my life. I can't wait to see what he's going to do in this church because God is alive and he's active. Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in this church. God, we thank you that you are active. And Father, we pray, Lord, through this series, and maybe even in this moment, if this is the only message out of the series that we hear, God, that we look at the why of our lives. We're here for your glory and so that others can come to know you. That's why we're here. And how we do that as a church, you've given us a model, you've given us a distinctive call, you've given us an identity and a purpose. And so, Father, as we clarify that how, Lord, may it reveal what it is that you have for us next. 
And I pray that for each and every individual's life. If their life seems to be kind of all over the place. If they're kind of uncertain and unclear what their purpose is and what their calling is. Father, I pray, Lord, that you spur into them to understand their why. To see that they are known, that they are loved, that they are called, that they've been chosen, that they've been fought for. That they are deeply cared for by the creator of the universe. And in that, God, may their hearts be overwhelmed. May they know that you know who they are and that you've marked their lives, Father, and may they live their life for your glory. And God, as they rediscover that why, as they rediscover or find for the first time that why of their purpose, their existence in life, Father, I pray that you clarify their how. Give them a clear understanding, a distinct calling of what they're supposed to do, the, the things that are unique identifiers for how they're supposed to live out this life. Father, I pray that you guide us and direct us each and every one for your glory. May you be exalted. May you be praised. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing the song. Once the song's done, you're dismissed. Thank you for being here tonight. We love you guys. We can't wait to see you back next week. Don't forget your $37.